Welcome to the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I talk about how I became a horse girl as a child and why I've returned to being a horse girl as an adult. I discuss what I've learned about why many of us are horse girls, what that inexplicable heart and soul-based force is that draws us to horses like moths to a flame, how I've learned that our relationships with horses can be an opportunity for us as horse girls to empower ourselves at our deepest inner self levels, and how by doing so, we can feel more empowered in all aspects of our lives, including in our riding and our relationships with horses. In this show, I'll share personal stories of my journey to date and how I continue to practice doing this day to day in my relationship with my current horses. I'll also periodically interview other women about how they're empowering themselves as horse girls as well. So join me as we go on this journey of empowering our horse girl selves together. Welcome back to the Riding from the Inside Out podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the deeper benefits of being present and centered with your horse. So I think a lot of people are aware or are starting to become aware if they're not yet about when there's how when they're centered when they're present their relationship with their horse improves or their outcome of their, what they see as their objective for their horse with their horse improves. So um, a lot of people are aware like of this at a basic level, like, well, if you feel fear, they feel the fear or they pick it up and it can affect your ride right? Like, if you're afraid to go over a jump, um, not only does it change, you know, your body's response in terms of the cues that you need to give your horse, um, but it also energetically conveys a message to your horse that they pick up, which is almost kind of like, we're not so sure about this. And what many people have also come to understand is, you know, through understanding more of the nature of um, wild horses um, and domesticated horses and herd dynamics and um, kind of the innate way horses work in the world because of being, you know, prey animals and, and the way they've survived, that if you are not kind of being confident, they're not going to feel confidence in you and kind of accompany you on whatever it is you're asking them to do. 
And I think this is something that's, um, if it's not well known in all circles, it's certainly becoming more well known in a lot of horse circles. Um, certainly the, you know, kind of great horse people of time recognized this long ago. Um, But I want to go deeper than that because I think that we can have that understanding and an understanding of, okay, I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, get into the habit of when I'm with my horse, letting everything else go. Uh, and I talked about that in one of the episodes, how to do that you know, going to the barn. And that's really helpful. I mean, that is really, I find the way that I find the only way it's beneficial for me to be with my horse. But we have an opportunity to go even deeper than that with our horse. And that's a lot of what I also talk about and will be talking about in this podcast. And that's really about understanding more about our own energy and our own flow within ourselves, because that's really what the horse responds to. Um, so what I mean by that is if we can be present in the moment, with our horse. And that can mean something as simple as well, it's not simple for for a lot of us, especially when we've been dealing with a world that doesn't support that kind of living, which most of the world doesn't, um, and encourages us to not do that. So then let's say we know we go to the barn and we're like, okay, you know, we're about to ride or about to work with our horse. Um, You know, if we've developed enough of a practice through habit uh, to just kind of like let everything drop at the door and focus on what we're focusing on, that's great. Um, I remember learning, well, first I, I learned how to do that with my horses years ago, but I remember really being conscious of it when I used to do Bikram yoga. It was like, Bikram yoga required so much of my focus that I just loved that whatever else had been in my world kind of had to go on pause for me to make it through the heated room because Bikram yoga uses a heated room. I did Bikram many, many years ago in San Francisco. Um, and, and the, you know, the focus for the poses Um, I don't do well in heat, so I kind of feel like it required an extra sense of stamina on my part and focus on my part to be able to be okay. And there wasn't room for any other, you know, kind of worries. So whatever was going on with the company I was working with or my job or boyfriend or friend or whatever, whatever it was, had to be put, you know, to the side. And I would really enjoy that practice. Um, So if we can get into that kind of state of being with our horses, where we kind of drop things, you know, 
at, at, the, at the gate or at the driveway or at the entrance of the barn. Um, and we, you know, move into this state of just presence and being in the present moment. That's really awesome. That's kind of what I'm talking about in Bikram Yoga. But we can also even go more deeply into that state, even more deeply. So let me see if I can explain this through the Bikram Yoga analogy. So in Bikram Yoga, um, there's also, you know, kind of like a set of rules or um, poses that you do and ways in which you're supposed to do them. So you end up focusing, you know, like in my case, I would drop everything at the door because I had to focus with the heat and getting through it. But then I would end up focusing my attention on doing these poses this certain way and being in a certain way, like the way that the guy that created Bikram and there's a whole controversy about him that I'm not going to get into, but uh, the poses where he got them from and how they're supposed to be done and all that. Um, But to me, we can even go deeper than that. To me, that is like, that is like a horse trainer or a horse rider that goes to the barn and knows how to kind of quiet or turn off the chatter of, you know, whatever they were doing before and be able to be present with their horse, um, which is like what I'm talking about with Bikram yoga and be present and kind of be willing to just be quiet and not have all that other stuff kind of going on, um, playing in their brain, distracting them, you know, from what it is they're doing. But they're also still really focused, if you're doing that kind of Bikram yoga, on doing these poses this certain way that has been told to you as the way to do it. And what I have found is that my greatest successes um, where things have just kind of happened magically in my life and I don't even know how to explain it, my greatest moments of feeling a sense of true centeredness where it's like, it's just like everything is right and everything is okay and it's a deep, deep, deep knowing. That has always come when I've tuned into my own deepest inner self and knowing um, regardless of whether it is the same as what other people have said to do. And so like in the case of Bikram Yoga, um, like if I were to do Bikram Yoga now, um, 
I would do it very differently than I than I did it when I was in my in my 20s when I used to practice it like I was talking about um I would do it very differently now and I do do some of the poses now but I don't play the script of you know like what I have to do um instead I tune into myself and all of letting all that I'm experiencing in the moment in my body and in my mind and in my feelings I let myself experience all of that experience meaning not fighting against it Um, and when I do that I reach a place in which I'm much more in tune with my own deepest knowing and centeredness versus the version that I got to when I was feeling kind of like my mind was calm, but I was replaying and trying to um, do what, you know, the Bikram poses say that I should do. And When I can get into that state of being like what I described where I'm listening to myself um, without just replaying rules or beliefs or whatever, um, I'm really tuning into my deeper self, my, my soul, really, my soul's knowing, which you know, I've come to understand that that part of me has way greater wisdom than the part of me that kind of I might be identifying with at various moments. Um, sometimes I'm in sync with it and, and, and it's amazing and it's who I really am. And other times I fall kind of like off the wagon of forgetting about that part of myself and I'm listening to things outside of me or old beliefs and things and 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 I really need to kind of it's like at that moment I'm being less me than the me that is really me so I have to kind of like tune into this deeper soul part of me and what I find is that when I do that, when I begin to practice doing that and learning how to do that more and more, um, my own deeper knowing and my own deeper soul guides me in all that I'm doing to insights and awarenesses that I would not uh have access to without getting into that state of being it is literally like a different I'm going to use the word vibrational state energetic state it literally is almost like being in a it's like one room where you have access to all kinds of stuff and then you can move into almost like a different room where you have access to different stuff that was always there but you couldn't see it until you move into that room that's what I mean by a different state of being 
And I've experienced this over and over and over again. And I actually learned um, in the beginning days, you know, in part, a lot of how to do this when I first started riding horses, um, ponies, um, because I kind of had to. I didn't know how to, I couldn't, I didn't have a trainer I could just listen to, you know, and say, do this and do that. And then I would try to do it. I had to kind of, I had the drive to keep going and to try something and then it didn't work and try something and it didn't work and try something and it didn't work. And so I started to kind of like learn to listen to myself. Um, which I didn't even know I had a self to listen to. And to be honest, I didn't even know what I was doing until I kind of, I I knew the outcome I could get. I didn't understand consciously what I was doing until, you know, kind of more recently. But this is what I'm talking about that we can learn to do with our horses. Like a trainer or someone who rides a lot could get into a habit of knowing how to drop, you know, the standard stuff at the door because they've realized they have to, you know, they're working with young horses or they're training a horse. They know, they, that they know, you know, that if you are not present, you know, um, I mean, it's fine if you're often working on a an old schoolmaster who's turned off already and they don't give a crap what you're doing because they're so disconnected from themselves. But especially when you're working with a problem horse or a young horse or a horse that just decides not to be turned off and, and feel what it's actually feeling, you need to be present, right? Like if you've been riding horses or you've been training horses, you know this but I'm talking about a deeper presence. I'm talking about, because that that level of presence is great. It's wonderful. It's amazing. You have to learn how to do that. But there is an even deeper level that we can get to. And that deeper level comes when we kind of like let go of what we think are the rules of what we need to do to get to what we think the destination is that we're trying to get to. So we could be practicing a certain method of training or horsemanship, and we could be going into that state of presence um, and, you know, listening to our horse, but there could be just kind of like I was explaining in Bikram, kind of like almost like this, this like stream of rules um, coming to us of like how we're wanting the horse to fit into this system of these rules for us to determine whether this is, you know, successful or not. Um, and a lot of times we call this training a horse, you know, training, we're training a horse and, um, you know, or we're schooling a horse, we're training a horse, or we're schooling a horse to do and be 
the way that we think they need to do and be to fit the expectations of whatever this schooling or training system is that we have bought into is the one that's right, that's right, you know, for us and for the world and for whatever. Um, You know, and this could be, this could be any, um, any horsemanship style practice. And there's, everybody is kind of has their own opinions about one style versus the other and, you know, clicker training versus, you know, release response. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on. I'm not even going to get into that because I think that there is a way of even going deeper than that because that is still following a set of rules um, that you've kind of bought into at some level that will give you something that you think you want, which is your horse to be a certain way or to do a certain thing so that then you can experience that you know, outcome of, oh, well, they learned this lesson or they did this thing. And that you know, that can certainly work. And when we're listening to our horses um, at some level and we're doing that, you know, we're present, you know, um, that's great. But there's an even deeper place that we can get to. And the deeper place that we can get to um, is a place where It's like we come to realize within ourselves that what is the point of this thing we're trying to get the horse to do? It, it, I talked a little bit about this in episode three and in, in that, you know, I, I was riding and showing and, and I was doing really well on the A circuit with a green horse. I mean, there was a lot to be proud of and there was still something that, um, sometimes would just feel really off and it was really important, you know, was calling me to understand it. And I didn't understand it back then. Um, I didn't understand what it was telling me. But I understand now. And it's like it was telling me, you've gotten the ribbons. Has it changed anything? I mean, yeah, it's really cool, you know, to get a ribbon. And especially those first ones where you're like, oh my gosh, like I did this and I learned this and I worked so hard and look what I got. It's so cool. But then after a little while, if you just keep going to get a ribbon or you keep going to get this, you know, horse to do this thing, um, you know, like there are, you know, they're collected or they're on their bit or they're doing, um, you know, depending upon your discipline, you know, they're, they're, um, they're doing their counter canner, they're doing their lead change, or they're really balanced. Or, you know, if you're riding Western, they're doing their like, certain kind of Western, they're doing their sliding stop, or they're, you know, um, 
whatever, whatever it is you're asking them to do, fill in the blank. At a certain point, do you ever kind of get like, well, what, what is the point of that? What is that really giving you when you can do it over and over and over again, just to produce another horse that you, you know, then sell to someone and, and, and all of that. I mean, yeah, I guess if you haven't experienced that and you want to experience that, that's great. But what happens when you've experienced it and then you just feel like, is that really all this is about? Is it just about doing that over and over and over again? Um, what I've found is that there is an opportunity to go deeper with our horses than that. And the going deeper is where we become so open and free within ourselves of not needing ourselves to get something outside of us to be okay. That we do that for our horse as well. We don't need them to be a certain way to be okay or for us to think it's good or to get, you know, a reward from us or recognition for from us. When we can find that kind of presence and allowing of ourselves and of our horses in what we're doing with them, whether it's riding or groundwork or just standing there feeding them or looking at them or whatever, the horse knows. The horse always knows. But the horse really knows when we are there. Because we are giving them the ultimate freedom that a domesticated horse has really not been given, which is the freedom of their own spirit and energy and acceptance of who and what they are in their essence as they are without needing to be anything that you think they need to be or do to be safe with you or to get a reward or a treat or, you know, to have the aid come off or, you know, release or whatever. This is something that when we can learn to do this for ourselves and we can learn to do it with our horses it changes everything about our dynamic with them because then we are actually sinking with them alongside them we are partnering with them at a very deep level. And 
that freedom for them to choose that we give them allows them to own their energy, to own their power, to flow their energy and to flow their own power. And the thing is, it's really, really cool not only to do that yourself. So it's not only cool for the horse to do it for itself, and it's not only cool for us to do that for ourselves, but when we do that in harmony with another, it's like dynamic. It's like even better. You know, it's, it's co-creating our experience with two beings of complete freedom. And when we honor the horse and the horse's awareness and sense, and we're honoring ourselves, our horses really like that. They love it. Because that's what they want to be, just like we want to be that ourselves. I mean, don't you want to just be able to, at your heart of hearts, don't you want to just be able to be you? Just be you, the you that you are, that you feel like you don't have to turn yourself into somebody else or make yourself do something else. You are just accepted and loved as you are. And that you still get everything that you want and you need and you feel that. Our horses love that. And when we come from a state of being, of truly allowing that to happen, in partnership with them, because we're doing it for ourselves, we're dropping the need for us to get to a certain place, to get to a certain goal, to to achieve a certain milestone, to um, have trained the horse to do a certain thing, um, to create some kind of outcome that we think will then give us some kind of other reward. When we have learned how to do that, and then we learn how to do that with our horses, our horses want to go along for the ride or for the non-ride. If you're not riding, they want to just be with us because it's fun, because they enjoy it, because it's so cool. I'm going to be talking in this podcast a lot about, you know, how to do this, how to get to this state. Um, You know, and I've talked a lot already about things that lead up to the kind of like building the foundation of, of knowing how to do this. Everything I've talked about in every episode until now has kind of been about different ways of listening 
to yourself and starting to become more aware of yourself. Every, every episode has been about that. Um, because this is what I've come to learn is really the only way I want to be with my horses. And it's, it's really what I found as a kid to be the only way that really worked. I mean, I didn't, so let, let's go back to the, <clears throat> the Bikram yoga analogy. When I was a kid and I had that pony paint that was like bucking and rearing and, you know, whatever, after I'd get gotten rid of my pony spooker because I couldn't handle her, um, I either was going to figure things out with paint or I was, you know, out of luck. And um, I didn't have a trainer saying, do this method, do this thing, Michelle, do this thing and then do this thing and then do this thing and then do this thing. And then you'll get this pony to be, you know, this way and get these rewards. Um, and to be honest, if I had had that, I know for sure that the relationship and dynamic that I had with that pony would not have been as strong as what I got because I didn't have it. It was almost like it was a blessing that I didn't have that because I didn't have any rules to listen to. I didn't have anything that and it, that was like, you have to do it this way. And so I kind of didn't get distracted and caught up in thinking, well, I have to do it this way. And then that'll give me this thing. And then, you know, come to the awareness that, oh, after a while, am I just feeling kind of like we've gotten that, we've done that, but something still feels off and I don't know why. I, I, I didn't have to kind of go through that in a way. And it was, you know, it felt like a curse at the time, but it really was a blessing because I wasn't distracted by training methods. Um, I had to find the answers within myself. How else do you explain how a, I mean, how old was I at the time? Eight? Seven? I don't know. How else do you explain how someone could take a pony with all kinds of horrible bad habits and no knowledge of how to train a pony and have that pony turn into a pony that I did 4-H with and we were winning all kinds of, you know, classes with and people were just like, where did that pony come from? It wasn't because of all these training methods. It was because of finding within myself, because I had to, um, this way of connecting at this deeper level with this pony. And it was when I reached that place of connection with him, not just being present when I was riding, not just putting off my thoughts or worries or stresses at the door, but going deeper than that. It was when I went deeper than that, because he's a smart pony, ponies are very smart. And he, you know, like me just being present, that wasn't enough that he was still, you know, he just be like, great, be present, I'll buck you off. You know, he's like, it wasn't until he wanted to do what he 
you know, what he did with me, the things changed. And how did I get to that place? I got to that place by learning how to be me and be present, which kids have a lot easier of a time doing this innately before we train it out of them. And then we practice being trained out of it more and more and more as adults, because that's what we're culturally expected to do. And then we have to reteach ourselves how to actually be something that was innate to us when we were younger. So I had that going for me. But it's like, when I was able to find this deeper connection with that pony of really just like not, I didn't have any goals. I didn't have anything. I it wasn't like I have to get him to 4-H so I can win these ribbons. I just knew I wanted to be around horses and ponies. And I didn't know why. I just know it's what my soul needed. So I didn't have anything to kind of distract me to make me try to achieve that thing. To me, just the being with the pony or the horse was what my soul was calling me to do. And so I would experiment with how do I get to this and see like where does he respond and I started to learn how he without knowing what I was doing at all um, I didn't know what I was doing back then I was just figuring it out without knowing how to describe it I wouldn't have been able to describe what I'm describing right now back then there's no way Uh uh-uh I could not describe it the way I am now, but now I have the ability to see what I was doing. And what I was doing was I was learning to be just present in allowing him to be and present in allowing myself to be in part because we didn't have to really be anywhere. I hadn't bought into any BS of I have to get this thing by this date or this time or show this owner this thing or show this client this thing or prove to the world this thing or that. It wasn't about that for me. Later, I bought into that. And that created problems for me. And that's part of what I talked about in episode three. But In the beginning, I didn't have that. And it allowed me, it afforded me this beautiful kind of timelessness. This timelessness of just being out in the woods with this pony and out in the fields with this pony and finding this connection, this deeper connection, a deeper connection than just, I'm going to go ride you and I'm going to put stuff, you know, to the side I had all day. I was at the barn all day. So I didn't have the kind of constraints. I could just be present. And then I started to see that in being present, when I let the pony be what the pony was going to be, and I let myself be what I was going to be, we forged this deep partnership 
a deep connection. And it was based on that connection that that pony wanted to do things with me. The pony trusted me. Trusted me beyond just, I'm going to give him a treat because he does something I like. Or trusted me beyond just, I'm going to release the tension because I've given him something. And, you know, or he's given me a response and I like it. Horses and ponies will do that. They will do things for food and they will do things for relief. So do we as humans. But a pony or a horse will go way further than that by their own choice of their spirit when we connect with them in this much deeper way. Now, I'm going to be talking a lot more about this in this podcast. Um, it's related to what I also talk about in my other podcast, Creating from the Inside Out, which is more about just doing this for ourselves, for our own, you know, creativity. And I don't mean just like being an artist. I mean, just creating our lives, creating our experiences, creating our worlds, but riding from the inside out focuses on how that applies to horses and how we can do it in our lives with horses because it's such an intrinsic motivator if we are a heart and soul based horse girl because we've already made a decision um, or felt a connection that we've recognized within ourselves that it's not just about the ribbon. It's not just about the glamour. It's not just about somebody going, Oh, wow, look, you know, how cool you are or, or whatever. A heart and soul based horse girl feels an inexplicable draw to the horse or to the pony. And that bridge has already been crossed. And when that bridge is already crossed, it makes it easier to cross these other bridges of also becoming aware of, are we are we still looking for some kind of outcome to then get a feeling of being okay? Or are we allowing ourselves and our horses to be okay no matter what it is in that presence of doing that in that present moment of doing that that this beautiful partnership emerges between us and our horses Last summer, my husband went out to meditate. He picks a spot. There's a spot um, just just outside of the pasture, um, but overlooks the mountains. It's one of the one of the most beautiful spots on our property. There's these birch trees, and then the um, yeah a field, and then another band of trees in the distance, and then the mountain range. And it is, it's it's beautiful. And he. Um, leaves a folding chair out there, not in the pasture, but just outside. 
where he goes to meditate and I started doing it too. Or sometimes I listen to my podcasts out there or just go and sit. Um, nature just really helps me connect with myself in this deeper way and uh, kind of get in the practice of just feeling the connection with nature that helps me kind of let go of any of the noise or the static or the all the garbled stuff that might be spinning around in 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 my head or in my experience um and just come to a space of centeredness so I will actually do um just sitting out there um I've done connecting inward which is the practice that I teach that's similar to meditation, but quite different. Um, And my husband does meditation out there. And the one day he meditated and it was, um, his energy shifted. And there's a lot that happens with meditation that I, could talk about um that can happen and cannot happen because you don't it's not about going into meditation to get the energy to shift to fix the thing it's it's about this presence thing and that's part of what I teach in connecting inward um but he had a, a, a a meditation experience that day in which he you know found this deeper connection into himself and when he came out of that uh, he walked through the pasture and um, where the horses were and he took a video of the horse's reaction to him and I'm gonna I'm gonna publish this at some point um like on my YouTube channel and and where I share stuff um because it is such an amazing example. The horses were so excited. They were just like giddy. Now he wasn't asking them to do anything. He wasn't partnering with them in any way. He was just walking through the field, but they were so excited. They were just dancing around and they were running and playing and, and just having joy. Why? Why? My husband, aside from leading them on occasion, I mean, he's ridden a little bit, but not as much as what I thought he would by now. Um, Not through any fault of his own. But why did the horses react like that to him? And he wasn't even near them. He was just walking through the pasture and they were kind of like, I don't know, many feet away. But they picked up his energy from that far away and they reacted why? Why did they react? Because he had reached the state of just being in a state of acceptance and this deeper connection with himself in that meditation practice that he did that day. And the horses knew it. They weren't even next to him. They were across, you know, the field, but they felt it. And they knew it. And that's why they reacted the way they did. They were running around and so excited and bucking and playing and and just like celebrating. 
celebrating. They were celebrating like saying, you're here, you're here, you're here, you're here, you're there, you're there, you're there, you're there, you're there. Horses get really excited when we're there. They get really excited. And if we let them be there in conjunction with what we're doing with them, that's some powerful stuff right there. That's the partnership that I'm talking about. And this is something I'll be talking a lot more about in this podcast and sharing more about what I've learned about this and how I'm practicing this. I'm learning more how to do this. I'm learning more how to practice this. How do I learn how to do that? Because I've learned to listen. But that's a conversation for another episode. So I will end today's episode on that note. Until the next time. I'm so glad you tuned into today's episode of the Riding from the Inside Out Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. If you're enjoying this show, hit the subscribe button and share this episode with others. To connect with me, visit me on my YouTube channel at Riding from the Inside Out, where I share videos of how I practice empowering my horse girl self by embracing my daily horse girl life, the ups, the downs, all of it. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Riding from the Inside Out. To learn more about me and my other offerings, visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com.